Hello everyone. Hey, welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad that you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. And I tell you what, it's been cold here in Fenton, Missouri. And tell you what, well, it's winter. It's supposed to be cold, but, uh, but it has been cold. And, uh, you know, when it's, when it's winter time, I tell my wife, you know, I wish I could use a, a warm day. And then when it was summertime, 100 degrees, and I tell her, you know, boy, I wish it was wintertime. So anyway, but uh, that being said, hope you're enjoying the, 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 hope you're enjoying the cold weather. You know, the, my mother used to say as she got older, she disliked the cold weather. And I didn't understand so much what she was talking about, but I'm understanding more so now. So it's... Uh, is I guess that's why uh, a lot of times folks, as they get up in years, they like they like to go down south where it's warm. But anyway, so enough about the weather. I'm a I'm a you know I'm a preacher, not a weather forecaster, right? So hey, let's get into the Word of God. What I'm going to do uh, today is I'm going to begin a series that I'm going to run for the next many weeks. We'll just see how long it takes. And what I want to do is I want to talk to you about uh, lessons that we can learn from Jesus' apostles. Lessons from the apostles. And, uh, you know, they were the 12 men that were closest to him in his earthly ministry. And uh, there are many lessons that we can learn learn from his apostles. So that's that's what we're going to do over the next many weeks is, is learn lessons from Jesus' apostles. And I trust it will be a blessing to you. So... Uh, Let's go to Luke, the sixth chapter, Luke, the sixth chapter and uh, and the 12th verse. You know, uh, I'm going to read the names of the apostles here. You know, I wonder, give yourself a little self test. I wonder how many of you could name Jesus's 12 apostles. You know, now (laughs) I could be a little humorous here with you, but, you know, I think all of us could name uh, could name, uh, uh, you know, Santa's reindeer. Okay. (laughs) We could, you know, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen. Of course, don't forget Rudolph. Uh, okay, so most people could get those. Uh, the Seven Dwarfs, you know, Sleepy, Sneezy, Grumpy. Well, all right, I did those. You could do the rest. Uh, the Three Stooges, Low, uh, Mo, Low, Mo, Larry, and Curly. You know, we could get those. I wonder how many people can can get. Uh, could could list all twelve of Jesus's apostles. You know, we could get Peter, and we could get James and John, and you know Philip and and uh, Judas. I mean, we could get those, but you know, to get to get all twelve, I think it'd be tough for most Christians that I have met over the years to name all twelve of Jesus's apostles. So uh, over the next weeks, we're gonna get a not only learn their names, but learn some some really vital important lessons from from each one of them. So uh, in Luke, the sixth chapter and the 12th verse, it says, Now it came to pass in those days that Jesus went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. You know, it's always been interesting uh, to me that the Lord spent the whole night in prayer before he chose the 12 that would he, that he would name as apostles. You know, it's a good lesson right here, you know, that before we make any major decisions in our lives, we ought to spend some time in prayer. And Jesus, he spent, our Lord spent all night in prayer 
uh, before he made before he made uh, you know very important choices here of who his twelve apostles would be. So uh, lesson right here from from the Lord Himself is before you make a, a major decision in your life, spend time in prayer and seek the Lord, see what He would have you to do. But anyway, Jesus spends the night. He continued all night in prayer. When it was day, he calls his disciples. Now he had lots of disciples, you know, uh, followers, but from them he was going to pick out 12 that he would hand pick to be apostles. And in verse 14, uh, now we get their names, okay? Uh, Simon, whom he also called Peter, okay, so Peter's the first one, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the zealot, uh, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot. So two different Judases. One was the son of James, and then Judas Iscariot, who also uh, betrayed him. And so there you have twelve of uh, the twelve apostles, uh, Peter, Andrew, they were brothers, James and John. Of course, they were brothers, as, as we'll see, you know, see as we go. Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, called the zealot, uh, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. So there you have it. And hey, now here's, here's something I want you to do over the next many weeks. I want you to be able to name Jesus' 12 apostles just as fast as you could name uh, Santa's reindeer. Okay. All right. That's a, I think we could all do that. All right. And, uh, uh, but anyway, lessons from these apostles. And I want to start today with Peter. So today we're going to spend some time with Peter. We'll see how far we get. May have to do him in two sessions. We'll just see how it goes. But let's start with the apostle Peter. And uh, now, of course, you know, there's so many things we can learn from his life. I won't be able to cover everything concerning each of these apostles, but but we're going to do our best to be led by the Holy Spirit and get the highlights uh, as he would lead and direct. Uh, of course, we could go over to, you know, first and second Peter and study those two books and learn, learn a lot of things that the Holy Spirit said through Peter. But I don't feel impressed to do that. I feel impressed to of the Spirit of God to just go through uh, uh, Jesus's three and a half year ministry and, and look at Peter as he interacted with Jesus and so forth and just learn lessons, uh, from, from Peter. And then we'll do the same with, uh, I believe after Peter, we'll do John, then we'll do Judas and then move on through, through the list. So start with Peter. And, uh, so the first lesson we learn, uh, from Peter actually comes through his brother Andrew. And Andrew, brought Peter to Jesus. And, uh, and, and a lesson right here, let me just say, say this. When someone calls you to Christ, respond. When someone calls you to Christ, respond. And respond favorably. And that's what, uh, what Peter did. Uh, Andrew brought him to Jesus and, and, and Peter went and he, he got saved and it was a great thing. Uh, that, that he did. You know, it's interesting. I didn't have this in my notes, but we're being led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's interesting here how, uh, uh, Andrew was able to minister to his brother or to a family member. Uh, 
And uh, sometimes that's the case and sometimes it isn't. You know, sometimes, you know, if you're out there listening to me, uh, you know, I, I just want to tell you, sometimes uh, uh, leading a family member, someone who's known you intimately for from the time you were a kid, you know, sometimes it's hard for you to to lead your family to Christ because, you know, like in my case, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I was a, I was a spoiled little brat. You know, I just was. And, and, uh, and, and so my family from the time I was, was young, they, you know, they lost a lot of respect for me, you know, and I'd cheat my grandma at old maid. <laughs> I did. I confess I did it. I'd mark the back of the cards and my grandma would get angry because she could never beat me at old maid, but I'd mark the back of the old maid. And that's why I would know never to pick the old maid. And you know, my grandma, now she's in heaven. She was born again. She knew Jesus. Uh, and, and she's going to get me when, when I, when I see her in heaven, she's going to get me for cheating her at old maid. But, but you know what? Hey, you know, thank God for the blood of Jesus. I've repented since then and that's been washed away. So we'll trust grandma doesn't even remember me cheating her at old maid. But point is my family, you know, they knew me as, you know, when I was a kid and, and, and many of them still see me that way. And, you know, and so it's, you know, difficult for me really to, to, to really be a witness for the Lord to my family. And that may be the same case with you. And the point here is, is sometimes you can, can, you know, be a witness to your family and, and sometimes you can't. I remember a certain family member of mine who, uh, was, was, was not saved. At least the individual I knew what wasn't, you know, as, as I, as I, you know, interacted with them and never saw any faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. But, uh, as, as that individual came down to the end of their life, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to go share the Lord with them, but for some reason or another, I just, I don't know, I, I, I didn't. And, and, and I think back on that. And, but you know, as the Lord dealt with me, uh, since that time, had I gone to that person and, and not, not, you gotta be led by the Holy Ghost here. Had I gone to them, I could have, because they knew me when I was a kid and they, it could have hindered them from, from receiving the Lord if I don't went and ministered to him. But what the Lord did have me do is he did have me pull down the spiritual blindness that was upon their spiritual understanding and uh, uh, pray that that he would send, that God would send the, the right person across this individual's path to share Jesus with them before they died. And you know, I, I've come to conclude that I was probably far more effective in getting that person saved by doing that, by, by pulling down that spiritual blindness that, 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 that he was blinded with, uh, from, you know, kept him from seeing Jesus as Lord, and, uh, and then asking the Lord to, to, the Heavenly Father to send the right person across their path to, to minister Jesus to him before they died. Uh, that was probably more effective than me actually going myself, because I could have turned that person away from the Lord. Just because they knew me when I was a kid and, you know, well, here comes a smart mouth little brat to, you know, what, why do I want to listen to anything he has to say? So you got to be led. So point is, sometimes you can win your family members to the Lord and sometimes you, you can't and you have to be led. Yes, we want to share Jesus with everyone, certainly, but you have to be very, very sensitive. And I could preach a whole lesson on like, remember, there was a time the Apostle Paul was forbidden to go in with the gospel to a certain area. 
But then later on, the Lord led him into that place, you know. Plus, the Lord has other people that he can use to get folks saved. He doesn't have to use, you know, you and me for everybody. Sometimes we're more effective if we're just led by the Spirit and pray. You see what I'm saying? So in this case here, boy, I didn't have any of that in my notes, but I think it's rich. Uh, you see, Peter would respond to Andrew, his brother, and that's great. And sometimes you can win your family members to the Lord, and I know many people who have done that. And, and, and yet others, uh, 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 it's more difficult. I was able to, to get my mother to the Lord. Thank God for it, you know. And uh, so I was able to do that. But so we have to be led by the Spirit of God and do so as it pertains to soul winning. Yes, we always want to share Jesus, but we want to be effective soul winners. And, and, and what I'm trying to say, sometimes you can, can do more harm than good. And that's what I'm trying to get across. But a lesson we learn here is that Andrew uh, was effective in getting Peter to Jesus. And when, uh, when, when someone calls you to Christ, respond. OK, now uh, let's get another lesson from Peter here. In one of his first encounters with Jesus, go to Luke, the fifth chapter and the fourth verse. It says, when he had stopped speaking, now this is Jesus, he was preaching, you know, he said to Peter, now he said to Peter, because he was there, you know, uh, with Peter, you know, and, and uh, I believe this is where he was speaking from his, from his boat, but be that as it may, he tells Peter, launch out into the deeper, out into the deep water, and let down your nets for a catch. Now Jesus told Peter to let down the nets, N-E-T-S, plural. But uh, verse 5 said, Peter answered and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night. In other words, we've been out fishing all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Singular. And uh, Jesus tells him to let down the nets. Plural. And Peter says, hey, we've been out there fishing all night. You know, professional fisherman here now. Peter, we've caught nothing and... You want us to go back out there and do it now when the fish for sure probably aren't biting, but are out there, you know, so forth. But uh, he said, nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. One net. Jesus told them let down, plural, many nets. Anyway, and when they had done this, now watch this, they caught a great number of fish and their net, singular, was breaking. Their net, singular, was breaking. So we, we have some lessons here we can learn from the Lord. I'm sorry, from Peter. Uh, we learned lessons from the Lord too, but from Peter. Um, first one is, obey Jesus and submit yourself to his word even when it makes no sense. Now it made no sense because Peter had been out there all night, you know, him and his partner has been out there all night fishing, caught nothing, and now Jesus tells him to go out there and, <laughs> you know, and go out, go out there and, and keep, go out and, you know, go, go back out and fish and, it made no sense. Absolutely made no sense at that time of the day or whatever. It wasn't the time to be out there and all of that much we could say, but it made no sense. But Peter listened to him and did it anyway. So lesson we learn, obey and submit yourself to the Lord, even when it makes no sense. Okay. And then also another lesson we learn here is do exactly what Jesus says. Now, Jesus, as I've already alluded to this, told Peter to let down the nets, plural. Now, Peter obeyed him, but didn't obey him to the full. You know, we need to obey Jesus to the full. 
We really do. And I, I, I tell you what, I've been guilty of this. The Lord will tell me to do something, you know, just right on the inside. Just lead me by the Spirit of God to do something. And, you know, I'll do half of it or I'll just do a portion of it, you know. Never has worked out, out well. Uh, you know, we need to do exactly what he tells us to do. But Peter, Peter did part of what he told him to do. He, he you know, you know he, at least he, he did go out there and he let down the net. But, uh, but he, he didn't obey Jesus to the full and he was ill prepared. And, and it, it, it cost him. I mean, the nets, the nets were breaking and all of that. And, and, you know, uh, if you read on and, you know, the other accounts or whatnot, you'd see, I guess, if you read on here in Luke or the other uh, gospel accounts, the ship were, the ship was going down, you know, there were so many fish. I'm sure Peter must have thought afterwards, man, I should have listened to Jesus completely. And he said nets, I should have put down all, all the nets I had. And, uh, you understand. So, uh, the point is, is that we need to obey Jesus not just partially, but fully and completely. And so here we have two wonderful lessons that we learn from Peter. Obey Jesus even when it doesn't make any sense and then do exactly what he tells us to do. Okay. And, uh, I tell you a powerful story here. I'm sure again, I want to say it. I'm sure he wished he'd listened to Jesus completely and took, took all and put down all the nets, you know, and not just the one. Okay. And now, uh, here's another lesson we learned from Peter. Let's go to Matthew, the 14th chapter. And notice right here, this is the inc- incident where Peter walked on the water. Wouldn't that be cool to walk on the water? wonder what that'd be like. <laughs> uh, Peter walked on the water. He actually did. And uh, uh, But here in Matthew 14, verse 28, and, and Peter answered Jesus and said, Lord, if that's you, because, you know, they were out there and, and there had been a storm and Jesus comes walking on the water and all of that, you know, and, and, uh, wonderful miracle. <laughs> you know, I, I say that had been wonderful to see and it would have been, but I mean, you gotta also think these, uh, these apostles were in the midst of a storm. I mean, they were in trouble. I mean, you know, I'd like to see Jesus walk on the water, but would I, would I have wanted to be in that boat when that storm was going on? <laughs> anyway. Uh, we have to think about these things, you know. But Peter answered the Lord and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. And Peter came down out of the boat, walked on the water to go to Jesus. Think about that. I mean, that is that's something. Walking on the water. And, uh, 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 cool, cool stuff. And, but when, now, now here, now watch this. But when he, Peter saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. Well, some lessons we learn here from Peter. And here's, here's a, here's a big one right here. Uh, much we could say about this. Much we could say, but again, we're trying to be led by the Spirit of God and just getting across the things that he would want me to get across here. Here, here's a lesson. Don't take your eyes off Jesus. No matter what. Don't ever take your eyes off Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And Peter, there he is walking on the water. But that wind, you know, was boisterous. And there's no doubt about it. He got his eyes off Jesus and started looking at the, at the, at the, at the, at the wind, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And down he started to go, beginning to sink. You ever think about that beginning to sink? I've never seen anybody begin to sink. All the way down. So miraculous stuff going on here, but be that as it may, he starts thinking. 
And it's because he got his eyes off Jesus. Absolutely. You know, when we get our eyes off Jesus and get our eyes over on the circumstances, we'll begin to sink also. Absolutely. There's something else we learned. Oh, this is so good. Didn't have this in my notes, but you, did you know you can be in faith one moment and out of it the next? Did you know that? Absolutely the truth. Peter, you have to agree with me. He was absolutely in faith. I mean, high octane, high level of faith. It takes that to walk on the water. He stepped out on Jesus' word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And Jesus said, come. And, <laughs> and he stepped out. You know, the Bible says faith without corresponding action is dead. So, I mean, he had corresponding action. He heard the word. He believed it. Peter did. He stepped out, man, in faith. My goodness, walking on the water. And just that quick, from faith, he gets into out of faith, and down he goes. Boy, I tell you what, learn a lesson here. You can be in faith one moment and just that quick be out of it. How does that, how does that happen when you get your eyes off Jesus? Uh, so what we need to do is always keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter what you're going through out there, you keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep your focus on Him. Keep your focus on His, on His Word, the Holy Bible. Absolutely. And no matter what the circumstances are, no matter, you know, no matter, no matter what kind of weather conditions the devil's throwing your way, no matter how much the devil's huffing and puffing trying to blow your house down, I tell you what, you keep your eyes on Jesus. Don't be distracted. Learn a lesson from Peter because when he got his eyes off Jesus on the circumstances, down he starts to go. So keep your eyes on Jesus and don't ever take your eyes off of him and stay in faith. That's how you stay in faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep, keep your eyes on the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. So keep your eyes on him and, and learn that lesson from Peter and you won't sink. But even if you're like Peter, <laughs> and we've all done it, got our eyes off Jesus on the circumstances, and down we start to go, uh, if, that, if you start, start heading down, learn a lesson from Peter. What did Peter do? He said, Lord, save me. You know, really, Peter prayed the shortest and probably maybe the most effective prayer in the Bible. Help! I mean, that's what, that's what he did. He cried out for help to the Lord. And, and lesson we learned from Peter, if you do make a mistake and get your eyes off Jesus, well, you know, start to sing, cry out to the Lord and, and Lord, help, save me. And Jesus is merciful. He really, really is. And what did the Bible say here? He immediately, immediately, see, immediately, that's the Lord. He wants to help people. He, he immediately stretched out his hand and caught him and pulled him up. And, and, and Peter didn't ultimately go under. And uh, I tell you what, if you find yourself going down, 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 hey, repent. Cry out for help. The Lord will reach out and grab a hold of you and uh, <laughs> get you back up. And, uh, and, and, and uh, But I tell you what, hey, don't be afraid to cry out to the Lord. We've all messed up. We've all been like Peter. We've all goofed up. We've all got our eyes off the Lord and on the circumstances. I might stand at the head of the list on that and go down when we start going. But hey, keep your eyes, get, you know, call, cry out for help. Lord, help. He'll grab you. He'll get you back up. Bless God. And, uh, and, and, uh, and the Lord's gracious, isn't he? So don't take your eyes off Jesus. And if you do begin to sink, cry out for help and the Lord will help you. Keep your eyes on the Lord. Now, here's something else. Matthew 18. Uh, let's go there. Uh, Matthew 18. Uh, then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Now you think about that. What's the lesson we learn here? 
that we must always be forgivers. Absolutely. And actually this, you know, Jesus uh, tells him, uh, Peter said, you know, seven times, <laughs> seven times, that, that, that's, that's quite a bit right there. And the Lord says not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now that's 490. <clears throat> and, and actually there's uh, prophetic significance to that number 490. Actually, you go in the Old Testament over in the book of Daniel. It says that there were, yeah, there's like 490 years, <clears throat> excuse me, determined upon the Lord's people. And much I could say about that, but without getting into, into, into teaching on that, what he was really saying here to Peter is he was saying, as long as there's time determined upon, upon man, we must be forgivers. So I tell you, this is one of the greatest lessons we can learn through the Apostle Peter's life is we don't only forgive somebody seven times, but uh, 490 times. This isn't a day now, but really more than that, as long as there's time determined upon uh, upon man by God, we're, we're to forgive. And you know it's so important because Jesus said if we refuse to forgive others, then our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. So, very important lesson here. As long as time is determined, as long as... as what I'm trying to say is always be a forgiver. Absolutely. Great, great lesson to learn. Uh, now, go to Matthew uh, 16. And uh, notice this one. In verse 21, we'll start midway in the verse. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the uh, elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now you think about that. Saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God but the things of men. Wow. Now you think about that. Now, you know, sometimes people think that Jesus was calling Peter Satan, but he wasn't. But what Jesus was doing was he was dealing with Satan because Satan was influencing Peter. Because see what Jesus did in verse 21 was basically... Uh, preached uh, <laughs> preach the gospel there. He said, hey, he said uh, he began to show his disciples he's going to go into Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, be, be crucified, be killed, and be raised the third day. That was the will of the Father. And what happens? Peter is rebuking him and said, no, no, Lord, we're, we're not going to let that happen. Well, that's the reason Jesus was born in the first place. That's the reason he was born of the Virgin. That's the reason he came in the first place was to die on the cross. You understand that and bear the sin of mankind and take away the sin of mankind and shed his holy blood and, you know, be buried and raised from the dead on the third day. Absolutely. And Peter's, think about that. Peter's rebuking him, rebuking the Lord. I mean, I think about that. I mean, Peter is rebuking the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible says. I tell you what, I, I, that's, what, I, that's what Peter did, rebuking the Lord. Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen. See, he... And, and, and then the Lord says, get behind me, Satan. See, lesson we can learn here, and, 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 and let me just read from my notes. Don't unwittingly yield to the devil. Don't unwittingly yield to the devil. That's what Peter was doing here. See, Jesus wasn't calling Peter Satan. Uh, Jesus was, he realized that Peter was 
yielding himself unwittingly, unknowingly to Satan. See, that's what Satan was, that's what he, that's what he was trying to do was stop the plan of God. You understand that? To stop the plan of God. And, and, and Peter unknowingly yielded himself to that. And, uh, and, and that's what Jesus, when he said, get behind me, Satan, you're offense to me for you're not mindful of things of God, but things of men. We need to realize that it's possible for even the most, most devout, holiest of Christians to yield themselves to the devil unwittingly. And, uh, and we need to be aware of that. I just feel impressed to say this. Did you know, because I, in pastoring almost three decades and continuing now online, but as, as I had close interaction with, with Christians, really close interaction over almost three decades, really more than that, because uh, I dealt with, I was in the ministry long before we, uh, pretty well, pretty good time before we started Summit Church. But, you know, when Christians go out and gossip, tell lies, backbite, speak bad about people, so forth and so on, did you know they're yielding to the devil when they do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, and I think sometimes Christians realize what they're doing and sometimes they're like Peter, they don't. But I tell you what, here, Peter is rebuking Jesus and, and trying to stand in the way, allowing, he's allowing, unwittingly now, allowing the devil to use him to try to stop the plan of God. So let's learn a lesson here. Let's do not, uh, unwittingly yield ourselves to the devil. Okay? Uh, good lesson, good lesson, good lesson. And, uh, and here's another good lesson. Don't rebuke Jesus. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't rebuke the Lord. Don't withstand his plan. You know, I, I feel impressed to say this. There's, I don't know that I, I've ever met anyone that would actually go up to Jesus and, you know, if Jesus was here in the flesh and rebuke him. But I tell you what, anytime we withstand his plan, anytime we don't want to follow his plan for our lives, we're, we're really, maybe not directly, but indirectly rebuking him. So let's, let's learn a lesson from Peter. Let's, let's flow with the plan of God. Let's don't rebuke the Lord. Let's don't do that. Not a wise thing to do, but some good lessons we can learn from Peter. Now let's go to John 13 and, uh, let's go to John 13 verse five. This was, uh, at the last supper. And it says, after that, he poured out water. Jesus poured out water into a basin and began to wash the, the disciples feet and to wipe them with a towel. Uh, with which he was girded. Uh, then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I'm doing to you, you don't understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him. Now, you know, I... I, I understand where Peter was coming from. And I think, I think all of us would probably do the same. You know, if the Lord wanted to wash my feet, I would say, no, Lord, no, 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 I need to be washing your feet. You know, it's like John the Baptist when Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized and John said, I need to be, you want me to baptize you? You, you need to be baptizing me. Jesus said, no, he said, go ahead and, you know, allow it to be so and so forth. So, but, but right here, you know, I, I, I get where Peter's coming from. He said, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. No way. No way. I mean, I need, I need to be washing your feet. But, uh, notice what, what Jesus said. If I, he said, he, he said this to him. He said to Peter, if I don't wash you, 
you have no part with me. If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Now there's much we could say about this. One thing I feel impressed to say is that, you know, the Lord was uh, showing humility here. Remember what he said about servanthood. He said, if, you know, he who is greatest of all is also servant of all. And, and the Lord didn't come to be served, but to serve. What a lesson here we learn from our Lord Jesus Christ. Think about that. The creator of all things, the creator of those 12 men in that upper room, of those 12 apostles. And here he's humbling himself and washing their feet. I mean, I know we're looking at lessons from Peter, but we would learn a big lesson. I mean, the Lord, he, he's, he is the Lord Jesus, our example. What a lesson the Lord taught us right here through Peter of humility. And so we could talk for a long time about that. But, uh, it's interesting. He said to him, if I don't wash you, you have no part of me. And I know he's washing his feet with water, but let's think about it from a spiritual standpoint. If we don't let the Lord wash us with his blood, we have no part with him. Let's look at it spiritually. I, I've never said, looked at it from this standpoint before, but we're being led by the Spirit of God. He said to Peter, if you don't, he, he said, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. See, we, we need to be washed with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ or we have no part with him. How do you get washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus? Well, it's not a physical washing. It's a spiritual washing. And you do that by repenting of your sins and receiving Jesus, you see. And we need to let the Lord wash us or we have no part with him. And once he said that, now I know he was washing his feet, natural water, but you could also think of it spiritually speaking. I think there's a lesson there. But Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. In other words, do whatever you want to do, Lord, wash all of me. And so lesson here, let Jesus do whatever he wants to do to you. Let Jesus do whatever he wants to do to you. And then, uh, so, you know, we could go on for hours on any one of these, but just trying to get some lessons here. Let's go to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. And uh, this was when uh, Jesus was at the Garden of Gethsemane. And uh, he took Peter, James, and John. Uh, you know, Jesus had his... Uh, uh, he had, he had a bunch of disciples and then he had the 12 apostles. And then inside that group, he had the closest to him were the three, Peter, James, and John. And of those three, uh, it would appear to me that Peter and John were the closest to, uh, uh, uh to him. But, uh, they're, they're at the garden and he left Peter, James, and John to keep watch. And Jesus went about a stone's throw away and he's praying and, he comes back on three different occasions and finds the disciples sleeping. And uh, they were sleeping, the uh, Bible says, for, for sorrow and much we could say about it. But he says to them, the lesson I want to get at here is he, 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 he told them to watch and pray. Uh, lest you enter into temptation. Uh, lesson I could say there is, you know, if, if we want to put ourselves in a position where we're not going to be uh, as prone to be tempted by the devil, let's spend our time in prayer. Uh, he told them to watch and pray lest they enter into temptation. So we need to be watching and praying. Uh, 
I didn't have that in my notes here to read, but watch and pray. Lesson we learn from the Lord through Peter and James and John. We need to be watching and praying. But they were sleeping. They were sleeping. Uh, uh, you know, when we, uh, when we find ourselves, <laughs> I'm not talking about natural sleeping at night. The Bible says that the Lord gives his beloved sleep. We need that. But, you know, I found that, that, that a lot of times when Christians aren't, aren't doing the will that God has for them and living out the will he has for their lives, they, they, they tend to go to sleep, natural sleep. Uh, Jonah is a good example. He's the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, rise, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry out against it. Remember that? And he process of time as you st- study the story, Jonah's asleep. He went the, he went the other way. He's asleep. Um, that's what happens when, when it's one way you can tell if you're not walking out the plan that God has for your life is <laughs> sleeping when you shouldn't be. I don't know why I said that, but anyway, he came to his disciples and found them asleep. They should have been watching and praying in their sleep. And he said to Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? One hour. What's the lesson we learn here? When Jesus is counting on us, we should be alert, on call, always ready to serve him. Absolutely. Now, uh, let's, let's get, uh, I'm going to have to do Peter in two parts here. So let's go ahead and do a few more points here and then we'll unhook and then we'll hook up next week with part two of Peter. Um, but let's go to Matthew 26 and, uh, verse, uh, 33. Peter answered and said, uh, to the Lord, he says, though all men shall be offended because of you, yet I will never be offended. Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto you, that this night before the cock crow, or before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. Peter said to him, Though I should die with you, yet I will never deny you. What's the lesson we learn there? (laughs) You know the rest of the story. It happened just like the Lord said. He denied him three times. Lesson here, never say never. More I could say, but that's all I need to say on that one. Uh, Matthew 26, verse 69. Uh, Now, this is after Jesus was arrested and uh, there at the garden and Peter sat outside. This is Matthew 26, 69. Peter sat outside on the courtyard, in the courtyard. Servant girl came to him saying uh, to Peter, you also were with uh, Jesus of Galilee. But Peter denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And uh, when he had gone out uh, to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, Peter denied it with an oath. He said, I do not know the man. Now, remember, he just got done not long ago telling Jesus that he'd never do this. Jesus, t- he said, I'll never deny you. I'll never say never. And. Well, it came to pass like the Lord said, and now he's denying him once, twice. And then a little later, verse 73, those who stood by uh, came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of you know Jesus's disciples. And, and then notice verse 74, uh, Peter began to curse. Now, study into this. He wasn't, 
cursing like saying bad words. Okay, he was calling down curses on himself. Uh, Essentially, what he was saying is he said really what he was doing here was as bad as cussing is. It was worse than that. He wasn't out there using like four letter words and things like that. What he was doing was really worse. He was saying essentially he, he was saying, you know, let him be considered cursed of God if he knew Jesus. Now, you think about that. And he swore he swore, not saying bad words, but swore saying, I don't know the man. Now, you think about what he did here. I mean, we're learning lessons from Peter. He denied Jesus Christ three times. Arguably, Jesus' closest disciple, apostle, number one on the list. I believe every time the apostles are listed together, Peter's number one on the list. And he's saying three times... I, and then the last time he said, he said, let me be accursed of God if I know him. Think of that. I don't know the man. Now you think about that. And immediately a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him before the rooster crows, you shall deny me three times. Now we should never deny the Lord Jesus Christ. The lesson that we should learn here is never deny the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't ever deny the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm so glad that the story doesn't end with where I left off. Let's close that verse out. The Bible said, so Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, what he did was terrible. I mean, arguably one of the, I mean, how it doesn't get any worse than that. It just doesn't. Denied the Lord Jesus three times. So don't deny the Lord. But as bad as that is, he went out and he wept bitterly. He repented. Lesson we learn. If we sin... Repent. And that's what Peter did. He repented. And the Lord forgave him. As we'll see. He went out and he wept bitterly. A sign of true heartfelt repentance. So if we miss it, don't deny Jesus. But if if, if we miss it, Let's be quick to repent. It says, uh, he went, I mean, apparently he went out r- real quick too. He, re- he didn't take a long time to repent. That's something else we can learn. We miss it. Don't, don't, don't take a long time to repent. Repent quick. Do it fast and the Lord will forgive us if we'll, if we'll repent. And it's interesting. And we'll close up right here. If you go to Luke, the 24th chapter, this would be a good place to unhook right here. Uh, after Jesus uh, was raised from the dead, Luke 24, verse 9, then they returned from the tomb. These are the, the ladies that went to the tomb there early on Sunday morning. Luke 24, 9, they returned from the tomb and told all these things, how they had seen the angels there, and the angels said, you know, he's not here, but he's risen and all of that. And, and they, the Bible says they went back to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, and then it lists the other the other ladies. Verse 11, now this is this has always shocked me. It says right here that when these ladies came to the disciples, 
and, and Peter was one of that group. It says their words seemed like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Now, that, that, that's one of the most astounding things to me in the Bible. You think about these men that had walked with Jesus. They had seen all the miracles. They'd seen him walk on the water, raise, I mean, cast out devils, heal leprosy, heal the maimed, the blind, all of, I mean, all of that. Watch him raise the dead. Jairus' daughter, the guy there in Nain, Lazarus, after he'd been, he'd been dead for four days, they saw all of this. And they'd heard Jesus say that he was going to be put to death and be raised from the dead on the third day. You know, and then when the word comes that he's raised from the dead, they, the Bible says that the words they heard from these ladies seemed to, to them like idle tales. And they did not believe them. That is astounding to me. That, that is, I mean, that's hard for me to believe that, that, that they didn't believe that Jesus would be raised from the dead. But yet the Bible records it accurately. Just think about that. Uh, a lesson we can learn here. Let's don't ever let the, the preaching of the, the, the gospel ever, let's don't ever disbelieve it and let's don't ever let it become like idle tales. But that's what happened to Peter. Now you think about that. And then the Bible says, but Peter arose and ran to the tomb after he heard that Jesus had been raised from the dead, right in the midst of his unbelief. Thank God. He got up, he ran to the tomb, he stooped down and saw the linen clothes lying by themselves. He departed marveling to himself at what had happened. It's interesting. Now that's Luke's account, but in, in Mark's account, and you can see this in Mark 16 verse 7, when the angels appeared to the ladies there at the tomb, and told them to go, pre, you know, go tell the disciples that 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 Jesus had been risen. If you look at Mark sixteen verse seven, very interesting. Mark brings this out, and actually, Mark's account is really Peter's account of the gospel given through Mark. So it's interesting. But the angel, not only did he say, "Hey, go tell his disciples," but look at verse seven. But go tell his disciples and Peter, and Peter. That, that Jesus is going before you into Galilee and there you'll see him and so forth. Now, very significant that this angel says to go tell his disciples that Jesus is risen and Peter. Why is it significant? Because Peter had just denied Jesus three times. And Peter must have been, he went out, he wept bitterly, he repented. But you know what? You know it as well as I do. When we do something bad, something wrong, we repent. We know God forgives us. But you know what? I tell you what, sometimes it's hard for us to forgive ourselves and to forget that that bad thing that we did. And I'm sure this must have been of great encouragement when the ladies came in and said, the angel said, hey, go tell you all that Jesus is risen. And, and the angel called out Peter by name. Now, that must have that, that, there's no question that was of great comfort to Peter. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and he ran to the tomb and so on and so forth. And what do we learn? Well, we learn that, uh, that no matter how bad we miss it, if we'll repent, Jesus will forgive us. Boy, I tell you, that's a good lesson, isn't it? That's a good lesson. Good lesson. And we learn that through Peter, that the angel called his name out and said, Hey, go tell, tell, tell the disciples Jesus has been raised from the dead. And, and by the way, especially tell Peter. Very important because Peter had just denied him three times. And so even when we mess up, the Lord still loves us. He really, really does. And if we'll repent, he'll forgive us. Hey, let's, let's unhook right here. Good place to stop. And we'll pick up with Peter next time. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus as your savior, 
you need to accept him into your life. There really is a heaven to gain and there really is a hell to shun. So cry out in faith with a repentant heart to Jesus and that fast he'll save you. You'll miss hell, you'll make heaven and he'll make your life worth living in the meantime. Hey, God bless you and uh, we'll see you next time and we'll pick up right here where we left off. All right, bye-bye.